Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Well, our scripture we're going to start with today is in Luke chapter 3, and we're going to start with verse 3. And that says, Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that the people should be baptized and that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord is coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains and hills made level, and the curves will be straightened, and the rough places made smooth. And then all the people will see the salvation of God. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word, and we pray that you speak it into our hearts, and let it be your words, not mine, and your will. And we love you and we thank you. Amen. So this scripture, I think, is a great representation of prepare the way, right? And that's what the season of Advent, we're preparing our hearts for God and remembering what Christ did for us when he came into this world. Um, Verses 3 and 4, it talks about how John was preparing the way for Christ to actually arrive. The thing about Advent is going through this season, it's not going, our hearts are not going to prepare themselves, okay? Just listening to the message preached on Sunday is not enough. That's, that's what's great about the devotionals we have, is it gives you a daily thing to immerse yourself, which I know sounds like homework, and it is. Turns out church is not just a one-day-a-week kind of thing. Uh, we have to seek that every day, and I love to start my morning every day. If nothing else, even if I wake up late and I'm running late, I start the day with a uh, the verse of the day, and the the Version Bible app has a great little... Uh, verse of the day, and they they give you a little prayer and a little video, and it's if if you can't fit anything else in, it takes about five minutes. And I got to where I share that with our our teens every morning, just to make sure uh, they're seeing something coming through a Snapchat feed where where teens are. If you didn't know, that's where they're at. We had to go find them. They had to teach us how to use it. So in Advent, John was preparing the way for Christ to come. And the people of that day assumed Christ would come in some magnificent form. He would be a ruler, a leader, uh, someone that had the power to take down the Roman government. So him coming in humbly like he did 
helps us prepare our hearts and remember that we need to be humble. He, he came in, he came in as a person from Nazareth, which people couldn't believe, right? It's, can, can somebody act, can anything good come from Nazareth? That it was so jaw-dropping to them whenever they suspected this king and ruler. But God came in in a humble way. <clears throat> so what does peace look like? Well, back in verse 5, see if we see any peace. Fill the valleys and level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves, and smooth the rough places. Who, who gets a great sense of peace from that? When, when I think of leveling mountains into valleys, I think of floods, earthquakes, you know, meteors, something terrible that's able to do all of that, right? It doesn't sound peaceful. It sounds like there's a lot of things happening. Like uh, something extraordinary had to happen. Well, as I was praying about this, what God showed me was, imagine those mountains to be uh, the people around us and the valleys to be other people. And we have people in high places of power and wealth or famous uh, or people that have control over certain things. Or maybe they don't even have that, but they act like it. Maybe that's their mentality, is that they're on a mountaintop and everybody else is beneath them. Maybe, they, maybe they're not. Maybe that's just in their head. But then we got the valley. We've got people in our world that are oppressed, uh, poor, hungry, and uh, just unknown. You have people that nobody knows, or maybe they just feel like nobody knows them. Maybe they're a popular person, but inside they feel like nobody knows them. They feel like they don't matter. So what does it look like for those hills and valleys to be made level? To bring those people down from power to a spot where they see the people that are unknown on the same level. Does that sound peaceful? <clears throat> Moving on to straightening corners, straightening curves. Um, if you have a, say, a piece of metal that's bent and curved, and you need that to be straight, what does that take? That metal doesn't easily straighten itself out. It takes things like uh, maybe heat and pressure and, and patience. Uh, just uh, taking a small piece of copper wire, uh, you know, and you, if you're sitting there messing with it, trying to get it straight, it takes a lot of time to try to work all those kinks out. It's not as difficult, but it just takes a lot of time to ever fully get it straight. Um, Maybe straightening roads, something else we could relate to. Uh, if we have a road, we have crooked roads. We don't have straight roads around here, right? We get about a mile, that's about it. Every road around here is crooked. So to straighten those roads, it takes 
a lot of time. It takes years. It takes a lot of resources. Um, it takes a workforce, many people working together to get a road straightened and a plan. Um, what if the curves that he's talking about here is the challenges we face in our life or the struggles that we face? Does that sound very peaceful? How many challenges have you went through that inspired peace? Move, thinking about smoothing out rough places. Uh, say you've got a, a piece of wood that you're building into a piece of furniture. Well, to smooth that out, it may take uh, tools like a planer or sanders. It takes a lot of hand work to get that piece of wood smoothed out to something you can use. Uh, something we can all relate to around here, I'm sure, is smoothing out pasture land. I remember the part of picking up rocks in the pasture very well. <laughs> I'm not going to say I was forced to do it a lot, but I remember helping out with that, and that's a, that's a long, tedious job, and it just seems like it never ends. Every time it rains, there's more rocks to pick up. But it, you might have dozers and uh, logging equipment and tractors and drags made out of old tires to help smooth that property out. What if the rough places that need to be smoothed out are the sharp edges of our hearts? What if those rough places are such things like envy, greed, hate, or even self-doubt? You know, that, that's one that we put on ourselves that doesn't seem like a, such a rough edge because we're not putting it out to other people. It's all ourselves against ourselves. But I feel like that's one of the biggest ones, that we cover ourselves in doubt of what we're capable of and having doubt of what you're capable of with Jesus and God on your side is one of the hardest things you can do to yourself because we know anything is possible with Him on your side. So to smooth out those rough edges, to, to deal with greed and envy and hate and doubt and other things of that nature, does that seem like a peaceful process to smooth those out and work those out in your life? doesn't sound very peaceful to me. So where's the peace? We're up here today to talk about the peace and the, the hope. The peace follows the actions. So... Going back to our mountains, we have people in power and people oppressed, wealthy and poor. For those people to be seen as one, for every one of us in this room to be seen on the equal playing field, we're all the same. What peace is that? You've, can you imagine? Imagine you get five people in a room 
and you all see each other as exact equals, and you're not comparing anything about what each other's done and who's better than who, and you're just at peace with who each of you are. Now we get a room of 50, and then we get a town of 500, and a county of 50,000 or whatever. Can you imagine if the world was at peace with who we are? That's mountains. That, that, that's mountains versus valleys. What would it take to get there? I just enjoy thinking about that. To think that you meet a stranger on the street and you don't try to... Or you meet somebody and they say, hey, how you doing? And you're not trying to size them up or figure out what their angle they're playing or if they're tr- about to try to take your wallet or if they're going to try to sell you something. You just are at peace that that person... And you are the same. Newsflash, we are. (laughs) In God's eyes, we are all the same. And I think most of us know that, but to actually implement it in our lives, it's so difficult because we're... You get a phone call. I don't recognize this number. It's probably a scam. It's probably someone trying to take advantage of me. Um, You know, it's, it's just how our world has made us. But just because that's the world we live in, should that be the way we continue to act? Or should we reach for something better? Now, just disclaimer, I'm not taking a political stance here. I don't believe politics is going to fix anything in our world. Um, I think Jesus and his love is the only thing that can fix the problems in our world. But I see that just to imagine everybody that you meet sees you as an equal and you see them as an equal, that, that is peaceful. Now our challenges, our sicknesses, our struggles, our disagreements, our conflicts, those are not peaceful to deal with. But... Imagine that a a point past conflict, which is heavenly, whenever we get to a point where we don't have to worry about what tomorrow holds. I mean, we don't have to worry about what tomorrow holds because God already has tomorrow. We do. I worry, you know, I'm going back to work tomorrow and I'm already thinking about things I need to do and things I have to have done tomorrow. And... You know, you worry about your families. You worry about people traveling. There's so many things we can worry about, but we don't have to. We're already free of the worry if we let God have that worry. But to imagine a place where there's not going to be any more challenges. There's no more challenges, no more sickness, no more struggles, no disagreements. None of that is coming. Now imagine the peace that you feel knowing that 100% tomorrow is taken care of. That is peaceful. And we have a place where there's no more envy. Where the sharp edges of our hearts are gone and all that's left is the love of Jesus. 
someone pulls out in front of us, and I don't hate that person, I love them, even though they should learn how to drive. <laughs> road, road rage is something we could have a whole series about, because uh, I, I, can, I can have a leave my, devo- leave my devotional, and I normally do it in my truck before I leave in the morning, that's my time, and I can drive out, and I get to the highway, and somebody decides, my favorite, sorry if this is you, we're not going to have problems, but my favorite is when you're driving down the road and you're going at a decent speed, and then all of a sudden that speed drops off and you get down here, and you're not really sure what's going on, okay, whatever. Well, you get to the passing lane where there's two, two lanes. There's an extra lane, one for slow people, one for fast people. And that person takes off like they're in NASCAR. And the end of that straight stretch, whenever they're slowing back down, is when I have problems with my peace. <laughs> Just being honest. So then that reminds me to pray. Oh, is that, is that you? Okay. I got your number. <laughs> oh. Then I have to calm myself back down and uh, remember that maybe there's a deer up the road waiting to jump out in front of me and that person just is saving me from all that headache. I don't know. But the, that, that's a good one. Um, so the other rough edges of our heart, the hatred or uh, the self-doubt I was talking about, that those are things that torment us on the inside. You know, I may walk in here and have 18 people say, hey, Bo, how are you doing? You're, it's a good day. You're, you're doing a good job. But if at the end of the day, if I walk out of here and say, that was terrible. I did, I, did not, I did not do well. Then it doesn't matter how much encouragement I had. If I tear it down from the inside and I let those thoughts take away my peace, well then, what have, I, what have I won at the end of the day? That's, that's peace that we have to work on for ourselves. Remember that we're loved by Jesus, and He already died for us. So it doesn't matter what we think of ourselves. He loves us the way we are, and He wants us to grow in Him. So to get rid of those rough edges of our heart and smooth them out and be at peace with ourselves and be at peace with who I am and each of you be at peace with who you are, that's peace. That's peace that only we can get from Jesus. Now, all of this peace, it starts with work. We're going to talk about a lot of work on a Sunday. I know, we're supposed to be taking a break, but we're going to talk about a lot of work. While the result is undeniable peace and perfect peace and harmony, it takes work. To level a mountain into a valley and to level the equality of all people, that's not something that just happens. I mean... Don't get me wrong. God can do whatever He wants. But I don't think He's just going to level the mountain without seeing His people strive for it. 
But can you imagine just a small mountain, like a, say, Iron Mountain? Okay, that's our big mountain. But people that have ventured out, that's, that is a small mountain. So to imagine that leveled off flat with the valleys is about as easy to imagine every person on the equal playing field. We, are, we feel so locked in this thing of who's better than who that to imagine a place where we all agree that we are one in Jesus it seems, quite frankly, impossible. Only through Jesus does that seem possible. But it's a lot of work. Get two people in a room and get those people to see each other eye to eye, that's going to take a lot of work. Okay. Now, if you have history, it may be easier or it may be harder. You know, if you have a loving relationship and to see that person as your equal, that may be easy. But if you have a bad history, then it may take a lot of work to see each other as equal. But that's just two people. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of grace. And frankly... The work to make everybody feel that they are equal to you and that we are all children of God, that is work that the church, we the church, should be leading. That, that's what we're called to do. Love God, love people. That's our motto here, right? So if we're doing that right, when we're loving people, we can even be from a humble stance acting like we're below them to bring them to show them that they are not better than that we are not better than them uh, you know being here today doesn't make me better than the person out driving down the road having a good time or anyone for that matter to straighten out the roads Straightening out roads around here sounds like a lot of work. If we had a straight road that just went from Texarkana to Fort Smith, for one, the highway would be you know, way over there. It would totally miss us. But think about the work that would take and the years and the time and the effort to smooth out that pasture line. Has anyone ever just came home and your pasture, you, you went from trees to pasture and it was easy and it's done? Anybody? I don't, I don't think anybody around here has ever just uh, came home overnight and their pasture's done. There's, that takes time. It takes a lot of work. It takes effort. It takes uh, a lot of patience for that stuff to happen. I think the hardest one of all probably even harder than smoothing a pasture, honestly, is smoothing out those rough edges of our heart. Because I can go out and pick up rocks, and that's physical labor. My body may be tired at the end of the day, but that's easy. To point out the edges of my heart that are rough, 
just to point them out is difficult. And then try to figure out what I need to do to fix that, that's hard. That's hard work. Now, I know, I know at any moment, if I'm, if I'm having uh, troubles in my life, at any moment, I can pray for peace, right? And God will cover me with a peace that relaxes me and calms me and enables me to continue in my life and do the things I need to do and say the things I need to say. God has that peace available any moment, any day, any time we need it. The thing about that peace is I pray for the peace now, and then tomorrow something else happens. And now I'm stressed out again. I'm worried again. I need more peace. And then an hour later, I get a phone call. Well, now I'm stressed about this, and I'm worried, and I'm not paying attention. Don't. And now I need more peace. And then 10 minutes later, it happens again. And then the very next thought, it's again. It's, I constantly need that peace from God. So that's not quite the peace that I've been talking about. The peace I've been talking about is complete peace. Peace that will only happen when God, when we seek God and He shows it to us. It's very easy to get distracted by the world around us. Uh, <laughs> everything seems like a distraction. Um, I don't know if y'all uh, on social media, if you're on TikTok, there are some great uplifting things on TikTok. And there's some funny, clean things on TikTok. But sometimes getting your algorithm set to where that's what you're seeing, that's difficult. <laughs> Because there is a lot of stuff on there that you don't want to see. It's not helping you. It's not feeding into you or building you up. It, it's a lot of things that tear you down and, and just show you the joys of the world, not the joys of God. Everywhere we look, there's distractions that distract us from true peace and from the goal of true peace that takes so much work. So now, now we're going to have a little fun. I'm glad we got a couple teens here because uh, this is something we did a few years ago in teen class uh, and we had a good time with it. Jason, could you uh, go ahead and turn the lights out for us? be easier to talk without lights anyways, then you all can't see me, right? Yeah. While he's turning out lights, take a look at these candles. How much darkness do we need to make the light of these candles disappear in this room? Let's see. Those are closed. We find the side lights on there. Oh, yep. There's a lot of switches back there. I, I know. I thank God helped give me a, a nice cloudy day to help out with this analogy. So it's getting darker, but the candles are still plain as day, right? 
Should be side lights. Maybe we should have saved this for night. There we go. Now we're getting somewhere. I'm going to turn off the Christmas cheer for a moment. I think my grandma would be upset for me turning off the the Christmas lights in the middle of a church sermon. Is anybody having a problem seeing these candles yet? Can we, uh, upper right-hand corner, there's a clear all button? It's going to get so dark, I'm not going to be able to read what I'm supposed to read here. How much more darkness do we need to make these candles disappear? We did this with the teens. We were in the small teen room, and it's dark. It's after the sun is set. And we've got blankets on on, uh, covering windows. We've got hoodies shoved under the door. It's dark in there. And the only thing you can see is the people around the candle and the reflection of their faces. And I ask them, how much more darkness do we need to cover these lights to where we can't see them? And finally, somebody said, we can't do it. We can't make it any darker. Next scripture is John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and brought life and brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. No amount of darkness in your life can blot out the light of Jesus. Now, while these candles are going to eventually melt down and go away, we know Jesus' light will never fail. It will never end. And that's our hope. We have our hope that we know he won't fail. Now, we add faith in there, and we have faith that that is true, and we can believe in it and count on him, and now we can have peace. We can have peace to know that he is there, and he will always be there for us, and that with his help, we will see the mountains and valleys made level and the rough places made smooth and the curves straightened. So just keep your eye on Jesus. There may be times that something distracts you and you, you don't feel like you can see Him 
But you still see that flickering, don't you? You still know He's there. And all it takes is you seeking Him to draw back into Him and push those distractions away. I can't even read what I'm saying now. We, we did a good job getting it dark in here today. Jason, you can start bringing lights back up if you'd like. That's really where I want to end today, is just to remember to stay focused on Jesus. Because we're going to walk out of here, and we've got fun things planned this afternoon. But by tomorrow, something is going to jump in the way and distract you. And we're all going to get distracted, but just remember when you get distracted where to find Jesus. Pray to get back to His peace. And if we keep our eyes focused on Him and do what He asks us to do, that peace that we long for will come. But only through Him. Only with our eyes fixed on Him and focusing on Him and His light that He brings to our world. Pray with me. Dear Lord, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your light that You sent to this world. We thank You for never hiding Your light from us, but always being there, always being available, always shining bright in the darkness. I thank you for the peace to know that no amount of darkness or evil in this world can ever blot out your light. I thank you for the peace that you give us. And I pray that you, you guide us in this season closer to you and closer to your heart and let us know you more and ultimately let us share that that what we've learned about you and what we know about you and the love and the light, let us share that with the ones around us. Share that with our colleagues and our family, friends, random people we may meet throughout the day. Teach us how to be your light shining for you, guiding people back to the true light of yourself. Pray that you go with us from here, stay in our minds and help us keep our thoughts fixed on you and our focus of our life on you. We love you, Lord, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.